You know things, I know some too. Sit right down, the them, explain them to you. If there's a thing you want to explain, these two feminists can entertain. Nerdy stuff, sexy stuff, so much to know. Tune in for the Femsplain Show. Femsplain! Hello! Hello, listeners! Hi, listeners! Good morning! Do you ever have, like, um, a special person in your life? I have one. Well, that person is Diana. (laughs) (laughs) I'm happy to be that special person in your life, Avalon. Guess what? What? You're my special person. <laughs> that that tired girl over there. Yeah, so I know um I know we've done morning shows, we've done evening shows. Uh this happens to be one of the earlier morning shows we've done for me because as listeners and friends will already know, I am on the Pacific Coast and you are on the Atlantic Coast. I am, although maybe not for long. I talked to a bunch of people from Oregon this morning on Tumblr who were like, you should move to Oregon. Uh, (laughs) Who are these people? Do you know them already? Why are you listening to them and not me? (laughs) I I, Look, the thought is already there. They're just adding fuel to the fire. Really low cost of living, huge Mm -hmm. healthcare shortages for anybody with any kind of healthcare degree. Especially (laughs) neurosurgeons, I hope. Yeah, I think really just anybody. It's it's very weird. I've never lived anywhere before where it's just like you don't get healthcare because there are not enough humans that can do it for you. (laughs) Wow. Well, welcome to Femsplained. (laughs) (laughs) This episode, we talk about the healthcare shortage in Oregon. Can't we? I'm the splainer. <laughs> Femsplained is a podcast, but it's not just any podcast. Um, Femsplained is what I like to call a girls-only clubhouse podcast. Uh, and in this clubhouse, two queer femmes named Diana and Avalon uh, are going to take that space they've created to nerd out over something they feel passionate about, record that conversation, upload that conversation so that you can hear it but not interact with it. And that is what a podcast is. That is a very succinct definition of what a podcast is. But just because Avalon and I are part of this girls only clubhouse of queer nerdiness doesn't mean Ooh. that people of every gender, non-gender, and otherwise identified can't listen, laugh, and learn with us because uh, this is an all-inclusive clubhouse (laughs) but we feel it's important and powerful to have a femme-led candid conversation about our experiences yeah absolutely i am so into everything you just said basically the format of the show is that we take turns being the authority on something and the receptacle of information respectively last week uh diana filled my noggin with information about Warhammer game, specifically Mordheim, and it was a lot of information, and it was K-fascinating, and I loved it. <laughs> um, it was amazing. 
And this week, because I got to spill all my beans last week, it's now Avalon's turn to femsplain to me. Uh, but we have to keep with tradition. We're very strict traditional podcast. Yes, and very conservative, very traditionalist. Yes, yes. So we need to let Francis the Mansplainer introduce the topic. One minute on the clock. Go for it. In a mansplain minute. All right, putting one minute on the man watch and go. Saga. I read it. Some of it. Uh, what you got is a demon guy who I believe has a tail and a fairy woman who has butterfly wings and they get together and have a sin baby. Um, and for whatever reason, that's illegal in the country or planet that they are from. And thus begins a merry chase between the ill-fated couple and the television-headed people. Along for the ride, you have your typical bounty hunter with a heart of gold who I think joins their side. Anyway, he's got a big cat with him. It can detect lies, which is a useful thing to have as a bounty hunter, though perhaps not quite as useful as a cat that also doubles as a sniper rifle or some other form of weaponry. The TV-headed people chase them all to an abandoned planet, a shootout ensues, and that's about where I stopped because the library did not have any other issues of the comic series. That's your Mansplain Minute. Take it away, ladies. Now we're talking, and now okay. the audience knows that the topic is Saga, the ah, comic book It series. is. Oh my god. I'm so excited for you to tell me all about this, because this is one of those things that just like, I guess from like sure volume of interests and hobbies that I'm into, as many times as this comic book series has been recommended to me, I just haven't had the opportunity to dive into it yet mm -hmm. so it keeps coming up in my life and i still know nothing about it um well i hope that i learn more about it coming up in your life maybe like different weird people have recommended it or different situations or is um, it just no <laughs> maybe <laughs> um well i got i got the first uh not issue because they're like they're i don't know how this is normally released but i have one that's like a thick like it oh, looks like there's it multiple the it's the first like book i guess yeah yeah i you have know, it i haven't read, read it. it i haven't read it it's still sitting on my shelf i just haven't read it yet it probably um, take half an hour to read it <laughs> you know it's just it's not so much the time commitment as it is the emotional commitment okay it, yeah i think that i think for you it'll potentially end up being an emotional commitment yeah yeah you're you're very right about that all right so why don't you tell just give me a little what's the pitch give me the pitch for this okay so saga is a comic book series uh it's written by brian vaughn um it's a it's a monthly published not a weekly uh and the publisher is image comics okay um it is it is very much a sci-fi it's a sci-fi romeo and juliet oh really yeah it is but it's less it's less like 
pivotally romantic. It's just that that is the core plot line that's happening, is a very Romeo and Juliet situation. But then everything that's happening around it is is completely different. It's like I've never... I've never consumed a piece of fiction that's on this level in terms of um, queerness, sexuality, dark humor, like racial metaphors, war metaphors. Like I just feel like it's it's incredibly weirdly grown up and fully realized. Like yeah, um, I I don't know why because I know nothing about it, but I I had in my head that it was a fantasy, uh, like a high mm. fantasy uh, story, but it's not. It's sci-fi. It's sci-fi. Um, so the it's it is absolutely sci-fi, but there are kind of fantasy elements and fantasy imagery embedded in it. So we're looking at a variety of alien races that are in complex situations, but some of the alien races specifically look like you would think more of a fantasy race would look. Ooh. Okay. Well, can you give me like a little bit of an example of that? Like, uh, do they sort of resemble like? elves in some way or um not specifically it's just that so okay so for instance we're looking at the romeo and juliet situation the main male character has like he's otherwise a completely human looking male creature but his whole race have different kinds of like animal horns like ram horns or like unicorn horns um Mm. and just putting that in outer space feels like more of a and they all have um they all have like magic power. They're like like traditional magic. Um, oh, so not like technology that's so developed that it looks like no. magic to you puny humans. No, they have oh, like okay. this particular race has a culture of like a word magic. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Any yeah. um, any scorpion centaurs? <laughs> Actually. Like, kind of. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, Fantastic. Not so much, but there's one thing that this um, this series does not shy away from in a way that maybe some people would find gratuitous, but I find, like, weirdly liberating, is there's a lot of drawn nudity. Like, there's just lots of weird alien creatures that are, like, just boobs. Or there's a lot of scenes of a creature that you would think would not have human genitalia, and you're seeing its dick which just i think just adds to the whole thing being like really surreal uh yeah which appeals to me aesthetically a lot i wouldn't say that it's like filthy but it is definitely like very adult um but so just in terms of the andalite there's not an andalite and you don't get to see its dick which i realize is what it sounds like <laughs> i was about to say we gotta, we gotta leave something <laughs> for the fan artists we gotta we gotta leave something for them to, to give us Exactly. Um, but there are, like, there's a there's a creature who's a recurring supporting character who um, is, like, the, the torso of a woman, but, like, the body of a spider. Oh, boy. So that, I mean, that also has, like, a fantasy feel. And that's, I guess, what I was thinking of when you asked if there was a centaur horse. Do we get to um, see her There are dick. also centaurs. You don't get to see her dick, no. But you do oh, okay. see her breasts quite a bit. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Um, and she's very unsettling looking. Uh, yeah, she sounds a lot like um, something you haven't encountered in Dragon Age yet, which is the brood mother. Okay, so how did you get into this series? Like, how did you find it? How did I find it? I think probably like you, I just had been pretty inundated with the imagery of like the, the cover 
and it's won a bunch of awards, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I think, like, it's just, it's out there. You're aware of what the main characters look like. And I picked it up from my library one day. Oh, you did. What a good cat you are. I am. I'm a really good cat. And now I, but my, as lovely as my library is, it, it doesn't have the greatest comic book collection. So it only had the first mm-hmm. couple books. Uh, and yeah. now I just read it. I read it online. Oh, yeah. that's. I think that's fine and fair. Um, I think I always see special editions of the saga comics, not like the full books, but like single editions at Free Comic Book Day whenever oh. I go. I think I've seen like that title, but I don't think it's I don't, I don't think usually the, the free comic book day comics are not canon within whatever universe they're being printed because they're only printed for free comic book day. They're oh, usually right, like right. a little gimmicky and like just sort of like a little teaser to get you yeah, interested. Hook. Yeah. yeah. I, but, anytime yeah. I've done free comic book day, the comics that are out are kind of dumb. That's often true as yeah. well. Yeah. I would be excited for a saga one. Like it's normally, it's not like, Noth- absolutely nothing against Doctor Who, but it's usually like a Doctor Who comic. Yeah, which no, is fine. Could... <laughs> it's just like those are different. Those are different realms for mm-hmm. me. Yeah, yeah. But okay. um, but yeah. So um, that is Saga. It's um, I want to say it's currently in the neighborhood of fifty issues. Oh wow. Okay. And the the volumes, like the ones that you're referring to, tend to have about six issues in them. Okay. That so sounds, it's really. Yeah consumes really quickly like the you know an issue is you just think of like a little floppy paper one not like what you have yes that's what i'm thinking of okay so um this romeo and juliet story that you're talking about who who are the the tortured star-crossed lovers in this story is it like a guy and a girl alien from two different like warring yeah. planets yeah am i right yeah oh that's yeah. so cool okay cool 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 um, um and then it's made slightly more complex because there are they so their war with each other mm-hmm. is impacting and like it's like a it's like a quote-unquote world war or like galaxy war universe war in that everybody's like siding with them and then also there's a very wealthy third alien race that's kind of like puppeteering the war a little bit so it's not it's not fully straightforward but yeah there are two like universally like absolutely hate each other races okay so um are also these so they're different races too there's they're different the two star cross lovers are they both humanoid are they both like they're both they're both humanoid but they're they're different alien races Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, so the guy is the Ramhead fantasy land guy. Amen. Mm-hmm. And sure. the woman is from a planet that's more technologically advanced and a little bit like more of a sci-fi vibe. They do not have magic powers, uh, but they have wings and they can fly. Oh, I like that. Yeah, and it's cool because, so, like, the horn-headed planet have different, like, earth animal horns that you would recognize, but it's different. Like, some people have, like, rhino horn, and some people have, you know, like, 
antlers and um so similarly on the the winged planet they're like bug wings they're like bird wings like it just varies from person to person right so i i kind of like i just i like how that looks too yeah that's really yeah. cool and so does ram horn head guy have uh-huh. magic his name is which, marco marco does marco, marco have magic or is that Marco has magic. Marco has magic. Okay. Yeah. So what kinds, see, I really like a lot of like sci-fi with magic in it, but there's often like this trope where like alien magic powers are random undefined powers that are basically do whatever's convenient in the moment, mm. a la Roswell. Do the aliens that have powers, is it like a specific, like well-defined set of powers or is it like whatever? We want to do. First of all, I love Roswell. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so back off. They're, oh, they're rebooting it, and I actually am excited. I've never what? been excited for a reboot, but I'm just like, bring it. What? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, it's just like it won't hurt me too badly if it's horrible, but it has the potential to like really engage part of my brain that likes really shitty media <laughs> oh avalon you're speaking to me so clear. Yes. the only thing i really care about is that they follow the same uh method of casting which was to have a entire cast of abnormally beautiful people and then that one guy that looked like their dog i had a huge crush on that guy so did i but like oh, let's okay. be real he looked like a puppy dog um, yeah but like one that i wanted to like greet with my mouth <laughs> I'm sure he did too. He was kind of a he was kind of a player, wasn't he? Uh, Aww, considering considering he was like the one that looked like he didn't belong there. He was the one from a broken family, so like you know, say so, you know all people from broken families and how the, they cheat constantly in a, in a WB trope. Yeah, that's pretty much how that works. Oh, that's true. Um, they did give us Seventh Heaven. I never watched that. That's the only one that Francis was allowed to watch, though. So it's very weird to hear our alternate perspectives on what the WB was like in the yeah. early 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I hope they bring back Sherry Appleby. She's still kicking around the place. What's that? Sherry Appleby. She was the the girlfriend. Oh, she was yeah. the brunette? Yeah, she was a brunette. I just, I just, because nobody can hear what I, I just did. I Oh, get, that's right, Catherine Heigl. The only one to have a career after that horrible sh- yes. show. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. But you're, you're, the gesture that the audience missed is that you just ET'd. I did the, the point up, the slow yeah. point up to the sky that Sherry Appleby does when uh, Max tells her that he's an alien. And I think she makes some stupid, like, like you're not from America comment or some shit. And then he's like, no, from space. Anyway, I'm sorry, Avalon. I, I just got so excited that you told me I'm about I'm also Roswell. excited. I'm just trying. I'm it's. I'm really having to flex a muscle in my brain to stop talking about Roswell because I could talk about it for a really long time. Okay. Um, but no, no, no. Okay, which so, is fine. Which is fine. So defined alien powers or kind of random? I'm going to say they are defined, but they don't come up very often, which is in some ways makes them feel random. Um, but it, but I, my understanding of their power set is that you have to like learn it. There are varying degrees of being good at it based on how hard you learn it. And it's, it's like you speak a word and a thing happens. So it is like very defined by that lexicon of what words for magic you have. Okay. Um, 
but it doesn't come up overly often. All right, that's kind of cool. I feel yeah. like that there's it's more acceptable to have like randomized powers if you're also not like overusing them and making the aliens like too overpowered. Yeah, and I think that I mean I think that the the comic series is very physically violent because there's a lot of war happening mm-hmm. um, and just like murdering and stuff like that. And normally that violence is not magical. Normally it's gun and stabbing. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. If if you're thinking of like word magic as like uh, a metaphor for like collective intelligence, and <laughs> I mean it would make sense not to see it very often in in bloodshed because mm-hmm. war is insane, animalistic psychosis, exactly. and not and that comes yeah. across in a very big way. I think, yeah. That's good. I'm um, I'm I'm getting intrigued. I'm getting intrigued. Yeah, it's great. I, yeah, I'm I'm kind of excited because I I typically tend towards fantasy over sci-fi most of the time. I mean, Star Trek is me- really the last like I I get thing I get I I am still attached to in the sci-fi world. But mm-hmm. as far as getting into new things, I tend to drift towards fantasy. So a sci-fi story that has these little like fantasy sprinklings in it really appeals to me i mean even there i i totally i it is obviously a sci-fi genre in a lot of ways but i don't feel that at all as an actual reader for instance you know everybody is flying around space in spaceships but the main characters happen to like be in like a giant tree (laughs) space and it's like a tree inside so like it's just really there you don't even have to pretend to learn about technology no one's even really talking about like hyperspace or light speed they're just having a lot of weirdly riveting interpersonal drama slash the comedic timing i think is really good and it is in space so therefore it is sci-fi yeah that counts yeah sure but it doesn't feel like sci-fi to me okay i really like it so um So let's see. So aside from so so we have our our Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, we have our Marco and Alana. Are their names? Alana and Alana is what does she look like again? I don't think you. <laughs> to me, to me, she looks like Lana from Archer with short hair and wings. Oh. Okay, so she's that humanoid looking. She looks like a Correct. human yeah. with wings. Okay, yeah. Cool. And Marco Ar- looks like human with ram horns. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, so, and then just sort of like to make it maybe a little bit more mature than your typical Romeo and Juliet. We want to get married. We want to date. We want to fall in love. The situation is that they accidentally had a kid, and the existence of the kid and the fact that these two species actually could procreate oh, has been shit. completely like propagandized, propagandized, and yeah. uh, and so like every government wants this kid killed. Because if it comes out that the two races can propagate together, it it disintegrates the idea that they're that different. Correct. Ooh. Oh, that's so yeah. unfortunately human. I know. Um, it, yeah. The whole thing is very unfortunately human. And it just sort yeah. of like, so yeah, it, it makes the characters a little more grown up. Both of them used to be like soldiers for their sides. Um, and like both have like killed a lot of people. And now they're also like trying to raise a toddler and not get killed by the governments and you know so it just it makes the romeo juliet thing like a a little bit more advanced yeah and adds a little bit of a like i I guess more of what feels like an egg timer to it where you're 
now you're trying to hide this kid. It's yeah. not just like, oh, we're in love. Like it's exactly there's yeah. a it's there's like, holy stakes. shit. Our kid has horns and wings. <laughs> like oh, fuck. where do where do we put her in preschool? Like does the know? kid have power? You know what? Wait, hold on. Okay, no. Does the kid have powers? I want. Does do we know? I, the, I think that the kid. So the the kid um, age jumps a couple of times in the series. So from like itty bitty baby to toddler to like little kid. Um, yeah. And right now, as of episode fifty, it's like a little. It's like a little kid. It's like a preschool kid. Okay, so we um, don't know yet. Maybe there are there are things. Okay. There okay. Are, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll try not to to uh, probe too much into the current plot, but the setup yeah. I I am very curious about. So yeah. Do they have anybody on their side, I guess? Or are they really in this alone? Like, are there, like, people, like, what's the, the friar or whatever in Romeo yeah, and Juliet? Yeah, and, like, yeah. the, the people that, like, sort of... They have, they have like, a team. Um, they have a team. Cool. Unfortunately, the sh- the, this comic, like, is very okay with killing people off. So that team varies, um, regardless mm-hmm. of the reader's emotional attachment to that person. <laughs> How dare they? Um, <laughs> But so for a period of time, they have Marco's mom with them, who is not happy, but just like happens to have ended up with them. They have one of the first characters they meet is a like a ghost kind of character. And they go to a planet. They meet this ghost of like a dead person character. And she she just looks like a like a earthen teenager kind of like she has a beanie and like a band shirt. And then like the bottom half of her body is just like dangling intestines. Um, because oh. she's that's what she looks like as a ghost um, but she ends up joining up with them and like acting basically as like the babysitter for the kid and is very snarky and sarcastic and funny um, I already love her yes I do too uh, her name is Isabel uh, and then there are a couple of different clusters of people pursuing them that are not purely evil and the comic follows them sometimes and Ooh, you kind of okay. like so one of the clusters of people following them, I think by the point in the series that we're currently up to date in, I don't even think they're following them anymore. They've just become characters that we cut to sometimes that we're also invested in. So that consists of a, like a bounty hunter that was hired to kill them, Marco's ex-fiance. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> Drama. Was extremely upset at first, but now is kind of doing her own thing. Um, and then they together found uh, a very young girl on a planet who was like, I, I guess like a, a sex worker against her will. And they like murdered everybody and took this little girl. And so now like the little girl is with them hanging out. And most importantly, almost in the entire series, is that this bounty hunter character has all the bounty hunter characters. And there are a lot of them have like most of them have like an animal alien assistant or... Some kind of like a partner, but he has the very iconic lying cat. Is the name of this character lying cat? Yeah. <laughs> and I just lying. <laughs> well, yes, lying cat is great. Tell me everything about lying cat. About lying cat. Yeah, we need to know. So lying cat. I imagine. I'm imagining what you're thinking. And I think what you're thinking is probably that it's, like, silly, but it is not. <laughs> it's serious business, Lion Cat? Kind of, yes. Lion Cat is, exists to be serious business. So Lion Cat is um, Wait, a, can yes. I take a guess first? Yes, please. 
Okay, so Lion Cat is like a living polygraph test. It's a little cat that like sits on the belly of accused criminal offenders. And when they tell lies in their interrogation, it scratches their face. Oh my goodness. <laughs> in terms of the power set, you're totally right. In terms of the appearance, no. Um, but yeah. But I'm, but I'm basically <laughs> but the right. Is right, yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Lion Cat is a like giant, giant cat, like tiger sized or bigger, probably bigger, that is like, looks like a hairless sphinx cat. So it's not very cute. It's extremely cute. You mean? Well, it's not. It's not traditionally. It's not like puffy floppy. Oh, okay. 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 Sphinx I mean, I'm not. Cat. I'm not trying to come for sphinx cats. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So, and the other thing too is, it doesn't seem to confirm people who are telling the truth, except with its silence. And it also compulsively tells you when you're lying. So, like, it will be witness to conversations, and it'll it'll like call someone out all the time including like it's it's partner it has <laughs> so, a partner like, yeah the uh the partner of lion cat is uh the main bounty hunter coming for them Ooh. yeah um so lion cat is kind of ends up being sort of the straight man or punchline for a lot of jokes in terms of the lying thing but also sometimes it's very sweet well, sure. Yeah. Like, there's a scene that always really meant a lot to me um, where Lion Cat is hanging out with that little girl they saved from, like, the sex work planet. Mm-hmm. And she's talking to Lion Cat, and she's like, I think that kids' voices are written really well in the comic. Like, the sort of innocence of it and the sort of misunderstandings of things they say without being overly dumbed down. Um, oh, that's but, really hard to do. I like that. Yeah. I just think the writing is so good but she kind of goes off on a tangent where she starts being like and like i'm dirty inside and bad (laughs) in the way that maybe like a traumatized kid would uh and then it lying cat like just like lays on her is like lying (gasps) oh it's like yeah it's very sweet sometimes but i love lying cat i like lying cat a lot i'm very i know already that i'm very obsessed with lying cat yes yeah otherwise he just kind of calls people out on their shit I like that too. I yeah. mean, I don't see I don't see why you couldn't call people out on their shit all the time and also be a sweetheart with a heart of gold. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that is um that is absolutely a great description of lion cat. Oh. You're good, a- you're a good space cat right now. I like your shirt. Thanks. I got you're, it for Christmas. You did. You're a galaxy cat. Yeah, it's one of those like cats in space and also pizza. Yeah. It's fair. Oh, I didn't see the pizza. <laughs> yeah, and a taco. Well, they're both the two main food groups. So of cats in space for sure. Yeah. If not everywhere. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's Lion Cat. Lion Cat is a good character. He's so good. I'm um, so excited. Sometimes oh people God. are mean to him, and it makes me sad. But he can take it. Yeah. Because they they must be lying if they're saying bad lying. things about him. And whenever <laughs> I mean, he says lying, like the font gets a little bit scribblier, and he like has a hissing face. He's like lying, like, lying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I love him. I do too. Um, but he his face is on a lot of like imagery for the comic. So potentially people who haven't read it but are aware of it may have seen like the main cover where it's Alana and Marco and a baby that they're holding. Um, but also Lion Cat I've seen on a lot of like shirts. I'm I'm really excited about Lion Cat. I'm really excited. So good. So, what, so um, Bounty Hunter, you said yeah. is 
is Lion Cat's partner. Are we using partner like? No. Oh, it's partner in in work work partner. Yeah, it, the, my, I think the reason why my voice might be hesitating to say partner is because I can't really tell if it's um I don't really know if it's like a a professional partnership or if it's like a pet and owner. Um, that's the part I'm unclear on. Uh, it's definitely Ooh. like not romantic or sexual or whatever, but I can't tell if it's like a pet because it's so sentient, but it's not really doing its own thing. Oh, okay. So they're just chilling. What, what uh, type of race is bounty hunter? He's just a dude. Just a human, not human with wings, not human no, with just spider face. Human. No, he is. He does have like a long-standing relationship with the spider boob lady, but that's how she comes in. Is that they're like dating, the bounty hunter oh, and the okay. spider boob lady. Um, but he, yeah, the only thing sort of magical about him is that he has kind of an in- interesting weapon. But it's weird because you just when you're reading this comic, you have such a full suspension of disbelief that like sometimes a character that you meet looks like a little like looks like a baby seal and sometimes the character you meet just looks like a person and they're both speaking and humanoid and sentient yeah is there any is there any like use of in or suggestion of invented language in this series do they allude to that at all very much so so um actually and this part i might get wrong because it it's it was like in episode one or in issue one and it gets referenced occasionally, but it seems like the only way that Marco and Alana are able to be together is that one of them happened to have like a translator ring, oh. and it like it creates like a TARDIS esque translation bubble in a certain per- perimeter, um, oh, cool. where then everybody just is understanding. But frequently, people are like, "Why do I suddenly know what you're saying?" <laughs> um, Those are some of my favorite Doctor Who scenes, so yeah. um, I'm cool with this. Exactly. But I think that, like, as a couple, they still, as of issue 50, and as of it's probably been, like, six years of comic time, like, I think that they still only understand each other with the ring. Well, I guess, like, if you only ever talk to each other in your ring bubble. I would try to prioritize probably learning my partner's language, but that's fine. (laughs) Like, just in case. (laughs) Right, just in case you lose this precious thing. But you know what? I say, I, I might say that. But mm-hmm. I don't remember anybody's phone numbers anymore because I don't have to. So, Valid. You and know, these people I, do have a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, probably more than than us. They're trying to hide a baby, so it's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think I think they get a pass. They get a pass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so there's a translator ring. There might be like two of them in existence, but I get the impression that there's just you can't really come by them. Mm. So it's like a very special. Very important part of the plot. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. Great question, though, because I don't know that I would have thought of that as a reader if they hadn't <laughs> explicitly told me about it. Yeah, I mean, because fantasy languages, I feel like, are... They're very interesting, and I like them to be... You know, I, I like to see them in fiction, but they're very, very hard to do without either, like under-referencing them or having to go full out and like literally token out of entire real language with syntax you know like you either have to do that or like like yeah there's another language trust us like yeah yeah. it's you know like so the ring is sort of a clever way to do that i think Mm -hmm. i wish i could remember like who had the ring or where the ring came from 
I just know that it's there now and that mm-hmm. it was part of like issue one explaining it and then I just don't remember now but okay um, well when I read yeah. the books because I'm clearly know. reading them I'll let you to. know yeah <laughs> absolutely um so it just in terms of if we had had the book on hand um an interesting conversational point about the cover of the first one is that it was kind of controversial because um Awana is breastfeeding on it oh no human beings are such trash of course that's I know. controversial and it's like uh, very it's very discreet like she just happens to be like the baby is one arm she's like standing with marco but like the baby is latched um and i think that that the the ease with which that is on the cover really gets to the fact that this whole comic book just feels really comfortable with anatomy and like really mm-hmm. comfortable with things that we have hangups about that make no sense and that's like why would <laughs> they have those same hangups in space you know, it it totally makes sense but i just feel like the comic is extremely liberated in that way the ease with which there are queer characters and like the ease with which there are trans characters and uh, i just feel like is on a whole other level. (laughs) It's like society goals for me. I love that because, well, clearly they're playing with, and this is something that I try to do when I write fiction, especially for like D&D as well, Mm -hmm. is to invent different kinds of problems while like everything still becomes like metaphors for things we experience because there's no way to not do that. But like having, you know, these warring worlds, great. Mm -hmm. That's a common theme that's always going to be a human problem. But why do we have to assume that homophobia is a thing in every fantasy world? Why do we have to assume that sexism exists in the exact same way in every in every fantasy world? Um, I love it. Also, this cover is beautiful. Yeah. But what I think is interesting is I believe that in response to that controversy, one of the follow-up covers was just a full frame of a baby breastfeeding. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah. That's a good clapback. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> um, so I just think that's phenomenal. The, I mean, the writer of the comic is just a guy, and it's one guy. Um, but the illustrator is a woman, which is not typical. And Yeah, really I just cool. noticed that. Yeah. That is really cool. And I think that she's, like, she does a phenomenal job. Like, every um, frame is very, very, like, intricately painted. So, yeah. Ram, Ramhorn guy is really cool. What is his name again? Marco? Marco. Uh, and her name was again? Alana. Oh, man. <laughs> Those are some good names. Are they? <laughs> they are. They are. Okay. I'm, like, I'm... I do. I'm having Animorphs flashbacks every time I see Marco. Me too, Marco. And um, I'm uh, just quietly like ripping these names off so that I can put them in things. Yeah. It's just so good. And one thing that, so I try to read, like, I don't read a ton of comics, but I do try to read some. And I have a really, really difficult time with um, when illustrators get rotated through or there are guest illustrators. I know that's kind of a cool thing for comic book fans, but it totally, it so impacts the mood and it so impacts like my idea of the characters when their facial proportions suddenly are very different that I yep. kind of hate it. Um, and so I'm really happy that Saga has always been Fiona Staples. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the 
comic series that I uh, read D- didn't do like a guest artist thing, but changed artists in mm. halfway through. They changed completely the the entire style, and I honestly like it. I'm still reading it because I feel like it's an important comic series, but I I just I don't care as much. Yeah, I think that, I mean, comics are an extremely interesting media in that I can't say that I think, like, the writer is more responsible for it than the illustrator, even though I think typically that's the idea that's out there. Mm -hmm. Um, So when something's really awesome, it's really attributed to the writer, and then if the art is really great, the, the artist is mentioned. But I just feel... And I don't know what the I don't know what the on the ground collaboration actually looks like between the writer and the illustrator. I don't know how much power the illustrator has to shape frames or, you know, be responsible for sort of action timing. But I do feel like that it's a super important partnership. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty heavily visual medium. It's, you know, it's it's heavily art based. I would say the artist is pretty damn important. Yes. I, I mean, yes, absolutely. It's a visual art form. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just think it's interesting that the writer is usually is the one that it's really attributed to. Um, mm-hmm. But um, but I think in this case, the Brian Vaughn and Fiona Staples are both like considered the creative like they both created it. So, yeah, I like that. And I think that that, that works probably best. I mean, coming from somebody with zero comic book background, I, I would right. assume that that is yeah. the best case scenario. Do you do you ever I wonder, do you ever like reread these comics? Like, do you go back and like reread them? I mean, I guess some some people, I don't know if you do this with any media. Like I I rewatch things a lot. I reread things a lot. And I know some people don't ever do that. Like once they've consumed a piece of media, they're pretty much done with it and they move on. And I'm wondering what type you are and if it's the same with comics. I am definitely in the one and done camp. No kidding, really? Yeah. Um with very specific exceptions. Uh but yes. Harry Potter. Harry Potter, yeah. Uh mm. but I but that's still like it's not natural for me to redo it. I have to very consciously be like, it's been a while. I feel like I want to reconnect with that thing. I'm gonna do it. Um, it's not just sort of like, oh, I pick up this thing and all of my books are so well-loved and well-worn. It, you know, I I don't approach it that way. But typically the only time that I will go back to reconsume some media or pop culture thing is uh, if there's new content and I don't feel confident in my memory of it. Uh, so yeah. then it kind of becomes less about... I love this thing, so I revisit it, and it kind of becomes more about, like, I'm obligated to refresh so that I get the full experience out of the new thing. So, like, with with comics specifically, I tend to be somebody who purchases the large volume books. I don't like to buy mm-hmm. single issues of things. So, Same. and then you have to wait. I mean, those come out, like, once a year sometimes, and, you know, I don't remember all the characters or, you know, what was happening. So, in the cases of comics which I treat almost like Netflix binging uh I do have to kind of go back and refresh more often than with tv shows necessarily certainly not with movies I have a very hard time rewatching movies wow no kidding I just start I get restless Mm -hmm. yeah that's like my that's my mashed potatoes that's my comfort food is revisiting familiar media 
Yeah, I um, my thing is there's so much media out there that I will die before I get to see, and I feel like it's a waste of my couch time if I'm not like putting something new in my brain that I haven't seen yet. Objectively, I know that you're right, but no, but I feel like <laughs> I almost feel like stressed about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was thinking, so I was thinking about this episode yesterday, uh, this one that we're filming we're recording right now and uh i was thinking that whether or not we want to acknowledge it or or kind of like typecast ourselves i think that we might actually specifically fall into two different sort of categories of nerd just like based on the episodes we've chosen to do so far oh for um, sure and it's just very interesting to me first of all i'm i'm very introverted and i believe that you're very extroverted but you're (laughs) you're your nerd identity is so tied with, like, gaming and community building things, mm-hmm. right? And, like, I feel like mine is just, like, mine is really just, like, watching and reading things. And that sort of, like, pressure to be, like, I have to read a thing I have never read before so that I can cross that off my list. And um, Yeah, you know. yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So I thought that was um, kind of funny. But I think that gets at what you're saying right now just in terms of my ability to read <laughs> Uh, reconsume something. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, do you then, I've, I've wanted to ask this because I know, I know quite a few people who are like that who don't rewatch things. But now that you mentioned it, maybe that my, maybe my nerd identity is very tied to like community building things. One of my biggest joys in the world is reconsuming a piece of media with someone that I have not consumed that media with before. Uh-huh. Does that, like, is that a thing that appeals to you at all? Like rewatching a movie that you've maybe already seen, but this time with a person that you've never watched it with? I'm certainly more willing to in those circumstances. Um, that actually, I'm, I might give you a more complicated answer than you really want. No, I, I want it all. <laughs> I have, um, despite the fact that I'm doing this podcast, I have uh, a, a well-documented anxiety trigger around... <laughs> sharing things that I'm passionate about with people who can then not like it or evaluate me based on it. And so I have spent most of my life being extremely private about the things that I really, really like, including like pretty much all of my relationships. I have never watched like my favorite movie with someone that I've lived with for like you know, two years or is 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 Francis gonna learn about this when he listens to the podcast? No, it's so the I, I kind of Francis kind of like made me deal with it. Like Francis was kind of pushy about it early in our relationship, and so I've been good about it with him. But there are still times where like if I get excited about something and like he can tell, I really downplay it, and then I, I don't know grouchy. I don't know why exactly I'm picturing it this way, but I just picture Francis like taking like a bucket <laughs> full of apples and like throwing them at you until you showed him the Harry That's, Potter movies. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it's pretty much that. I and think then I'll just be like, I don't like, you know, like, fuck this. Like, this thing is really stupid or whatever. And and be like, no, I really like it. And I'll just be inside. I'll just be like, but do you really like it? Like, don't even talk to me about it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just don't, I handle personal rejection pretty well, but I do not handle rejection of the things that like touch my heart and soul very well. Um, Oh, yeah. And so I try to keep them like very private. Music is included in this. I get that anxiety. I just 
can't stop anyway because I need <laughs> to share it with people. No, it's so all the much time. better. Yeah, it, yeah. But but I do when when somebody like not necessarily when they don't like it, but when they're like, ugh, ugh, you and your interest this thing you like yeah. it that I'm like oh I died I died on the on the inside the outside yeah. I just around. that's why I just sort of like built up this whole life of not giving people the opportunity to say things like that by mm-hmm. not letting anyone get to know me at all <laughs> <laughs> well I'm happy to destroy that here on this podcast uh, yeah I mean that's kind of what the podcast is I've, I've gotten a little bit better about it but I do still feel like I, I still keep things pretty close to the chest usually uh, if I like them. But I do get really excited if I have a reason to think that I have hobbies or passions in common with people. And in those cases, maybe I feel a little more comfortable being like, you might also like this thing and et cetera, et cetera. So, um, I don't remember why we got on this topic. I'm sorry. Oh, well, you because just I was if I asking if you reread the comic yeah. books ever. And all right, so so I am gonna read probably all of them. <laughs> like, let's be you are, honest. and it's gonna be it's gonna be fast, and you're gonna love them so much. Yeah, and then I'm gonna be mad because then I'm gonna have to wait for stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and then suddenly it's gonna be once a month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gonna be rough. It's really good. And you're going to be so invested in the characters. It's going to be a really, really cool thing. Speaking of characters, I did totally skip over a pretty major character. Tell um, me. Slash alien race. And this is, I think, also where, like, the most surreal sci-fi comes in. uh, Because Mm -hmm. it is occasionally extremely surreal. Don't try to understand this too much. (laughs) I, I, I will put in my usual amount of effort. Okay. Okay. The third political faction involved in this Romeo and Juliet situation. Sure. Why are you making sexy this eyebrows? Those are the only eyebrows like, I have. <laughs> <laughs> but you're like, you're like lifting them up and down really fast while I'm you curl your hair. I'm doing my Peter Gallagher at you. I'm just Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this race is, um, it's a monarchy. There are different okay. different government forms that are represented in a way that I think is cool. This one's a monarchy that's like got a lot of power, and they are robots? Question mark. Mm-hmm. Fully human bodies, inside bodies, blood and tissue. Okay. They, they are born through regular procreation, but their heads <laughs> are all televisions. <laughs> This is like that one time my best friend in high school did peyote and like (laughs) his plan to fix the government. Like, just wait. Here it is. (laughs) And then you're like with him right through all the evils of capitalism. And then he's uh, like, but what if? bears (laughs) bears <laughs> like, okay oh wait no 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 never mind no, no, never mind <laughs> okay yeah. yeah 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 and it's done in a very very interesting way as much as it sounds very stupid <laughs> um but it, it actually weirdly works 
All right. So now they're televisions, television faces. Do yes. now for I have on behalf of you know vagina <sighs> havers everywhere. I have to ask: Do they come out with the television heads? All right, like they do. The television. There's oh. very specifically a frame shot of like of up close television head birth. Oh man. Yeah. Those. And I mean, you know, they have corners. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm. See, that's that's where my mind first went. Oh, Sam snoring. Yeah. Um, I went. Uh, do. You... <laughs> that was like an earthquake snore. I know. Well, she's big oh. hound dog. Um, big old hound dog. So, so okay. On the television screens. Yes. Of their faces, is yes. there a face being like portrayed? Is it like the animation I know what of you're a face? Saying. The answer is no. Oh shit! What is it? So most of the time, it's just gray. Uh, but okay, when they are having an intense emotion, they cannot control the image that's on it. So like when they get mad, is it like just like it could be images like, like, of like people stabbing each other and yeah, or it could just be like a mushroom cloud kind of thing. Oh you right, know? right, right, or right, like, right. So for the majority of frames, you're looking at just gray. But then to like sort of punctuate a situation, sometimes there will be like. A flower, or like a murder, or more often, more often the you know the two emotions, flower and murder. (laughs) Another interesting layer of the TV heads is that things being on the screen usually only happen when they're not fully in control. Mm -hmm. So there are a couple situations in the series of either like drug use or. Um, more importantly, like going into sort of like a PTSD situation about like battles that they've been in because they fight or um, or when they're sleeping and dreaming. And those are all situations where either images or like films are playing that okay. reflect what's happening. So their dreams kind of play on it, which I think is cool while they're asleep. Um, but more often than not, some of like the more sexually weird stuff in the comic happening on one of the screens <laughs> sure yeah so now do we ever get to learn like what the origin of these tv headed human things are because like i'm picturing that like sometime long ago a human like got shot in a space and like fucked a satellite and yeah. then accidentally got space pregnant with the satellite's baby and gave birth to the very first television head. I don't think there's ever an explanation. I think we're just supposed to always feel weird about it, but just accept it as like an alien race. All right, I'm and accepting I think my definition as canon then. Okay, that's fine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think it's just one of the like silly things that like always kind of undermines your suspension of disbelief, even though they're mm-hmm. characters that have to be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does seem like... There are little, slightly fourth wall breaking comments that other alien races will make about them, like specifically about like being very confused about how they eat, <laughs> or uh, yeah. or like how they kiss. Like people are just like, do you do that? They just um, like put like cassettes in their yeah. I mean, there's no there's no VCR it. portal. It's just like there are shots of like their TV faces against each other's TV faces. Do they have knobs? Because that could be sexy. I mean, not to me, but like to a TV person, maybe. 
Yeah, I I know. I know <laughs> how you feel about old TV knobs and fiddling with them, Diana. Um, they, the actual, the, the model of television varies based on the character. So, like, really? the, the, like, biggest king TV character has, like, a very unrealistically large flat screen TV head. And, like, the janitor. He's got a smart has, TV. Yeah. And the janitor <laughs> has, like, rabbit ears and, like, doesn't receive, it doesn't do color. It's just black and white. Wait, are they, so they're born into this television class system? I mean, where, they would ha- that's the only way that that could ever make sense, right? Like, there's, because they don't upgrade. They're, it's their actual head. That poor, and big smart TV's birth mom. I know. And at one point, there's sort of like a missing royal baby that's a TV mm. baby. And there's a bit of dialogue specifically where, like, the janitor character has him and they encounter someone and they're like, wait, is that baby colored? And I, as a reader, was like, oh, I don't like the, that use of the word colored. And then I realized they meant that the TV screen that the baby was projecting oh, was, yeah, yeah, was yeah. color. And so why would a yeah. janitor have that um, they They used that cleverly in... The movie Pleasantville also. Oh, yeah. The whole they color thing. used the colored as mm-hmm. a, it's clearly a metaphor, but is also literally like you're colored in. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty. Okay, that's clever. It's weird. Like It's very weird. Fuck. And, and it's just kind of like, that's the, the weirdest main character, I think. There are a lot mm-hmm. of weird characters that they just sort of encounter on random planets but like that is the most pervasive weird character i think because the tv people are a very big part of it which one of them is a main character is it the janitor tv no i mean the janitor tv kind of comes back as being part of the storyline for a few issues uh but the prince of tv planet becomes particularly obsessed with tracking them down and so Prince of TV Planet becomes like, is like mostly like the big bad that's trying to find them. Secondarily, mm-hmm. the bounty hunter and Lion Cat. Oh, Lion Cat. Yeah. Okay. Do yeah. you have a favorite character? I think that it, okay, so as we like jump around in time and as people's loyalties change and things like that, maybe my favorite character is kind of in flux because I do genuinely like a lot of them. Um, I like the ghost babysitter character a lot. Yeah, that's standing out to me. Yeah. I like, um, I actually like the kid a lot. The, it's not constant, but like a little bit in every issue, the kid will be the narrator, like as an adult, like it'll be kind of like, and that was when my parents split up or like something like that so i like i like the voice of the narrator kid and the kid as the kid is getting older yeah okay that's pretty interesting yeah and i like the i like the other kid i actually really like marco's ex-girlfriend character eventually once like they develop what's the other kid the other kid is the kid that the the sex work planet oh right 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 yeah Mm -hmm. the one that hangs out with lion cat i like the trafficking the trafficking planet right because it's like unwilling well, so the thing is, one of the things that I really like about it, um, about the comic in terms of it being so woke, uh, which is a word I hate, is that the the way that sex work is portrayed is like 
totally on the up and up and totally normal and totally good. Yeah. Oh, they okay, just good. It's just to... that this one character was not okay. Correct. They just happened to be like on one of the sex work planets and they meet like someone who was not on the up and up and there was a trafficking situation. So it, I, yeah. So it's okay, a trafficking okay. situation on a sex work planet. Yeah. Gotcha. No. Okay. That makes me a little bit less uncomfortable. Sorry uh, if I've been saying sex work in like a derogatory way this whole time. No, you haven't okay. been. I just, if I would have maybe been a little like humped if we were using the word sex work to refer to trafficking, which is no. not. So There's that, a lot of like very empowered sex work in it. Um, cool. And I feel I'm like sexuality in general is like much more feminist throughout the comic than it is um, like masculine sex drive driven, which I think is cool. That is awesome. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm in. Yeah. I no definitely no criticisms from me. I just like to clarify because it's it's super common for even in like liberal e media for that like word those words to get conflated sex Correct. work and trafficking Correct. to be yeah. like used uh, interchangeably so i uh, i try yeah. to make sure i know beforehand what i'm getting about into. to read and yeah. another thing too is like i i had referenced that scene with lion cat um where she was like i'm bad and dirty uh, but one thing that I think is awesome is that um, there have been two time jumps in the comic book series since then. And since that scene, her trauma has not been referenced at all. And she's just like a fully fledged developing human being. Right. Who she's does not experiencing have growth. baggage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but it's not like constantly calling back to that in terms of her character development. Right. Because that's not the only part of her life that Correct. exists. And she's not yeah. like quote-unquote damage or whatever she just like turns into like kind of a nerdy preteen character you know what I mean so I think that that's nice also yes yeah. doesn't leave it unaddressed but doesn't obsess with it uh, which is nice yes. okay yeah. that's cool I'm in I'm in it's so good it is it is unlike any comic that I have read it is the best comic but more importantly I think just in terms of literature I don't I don't literature is the wrong word but just in terms of I guess media i really just feel like it's on a level that i am not getting from anything else ever (laughs) um like in terms of just it's very well written that the story yeah in terms of being really well written really consistent um amazing diverse character development and motivations being like being really on the nose about tons and tons of social issues and then handling them very well but not shying away from them cool yeah. Okay. Excellent. I love it. So in addition to me binge reading all of these. Yes. Because I feel like I've I've had a easier and more passive uh, approach to homework episodes in the past. Which actually might get might get more at like our different types of nerd expertise. You know, like, right? Because your your nerd expertise happens yeah. to be with like consuming things. And, I, I yeah. consume things, and I think you engage with things. Mm-hmm. Right? Maybe. So that, now maybe I have to consume word. things, and so now you have to consume things if you're trying to get in my shoes, and I have to create or engage with things if I have to get into your shoes. Ooh, um, God, Avalon. What? We're, we're such good cats. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, the best cats. I have a certificate that says best cat. Not really, but I deserve one. Um, I guess, so I'm trying to think, in addition to reading, what another maybe more 
active homework assignment would be? I would say what I always, so the, the one thing that I engage with creatively is that I do really like costuming. So maybe you could like pitch what your costume would be based on what character you like the most or something like that. Oh, hell yeah. You don't yeah. have to like actually do it, but maybe we could just like, that could be sort of the homework is that you mm-hmm. really okay. flesh, flesh that out. I'm sort of in that brain right now too, because I am now approaching con and Ren Fair season. It's on the horizon. Yay. So I'm like in that brain, costumes are on my mind and uh, I'm really, really in it. I'm very excited and I'm very excited for you to read this so that I can talk to somebody about it because I don't have anybody to talk to about it. So and oh, that's, yeah. the, that's well, the whole point of this podcast. It is. I'm really psyched for this homework episode because now we have we can we have more time to, to really like nerd out about these topics because we're only going to do two in this upcoming one. Oh, more time to talk about it within. But mm-hmm. less time to do the homework. Less time to do the homework. That won't be a problem for me because I uh, have a time turner. So oh, I can. I need it more than you, Diana. I, I know, but it does it does help excuse like my crazy brain when I like don't understand what time of day or what day of the week it is. And I can just be like, oh, I've used the time turner too many times this week. Aww. I have no idea just, where like, I am. you could just let me borrow it. I really need it more than you do. Okay, well, come to New York and get the time come turner. To- oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Avalon just like... I punched herself in the head as far as I could tell. I don't know. <laughs> no, I tried to gesture really aggressively, but my arm got caught on my headphone cord and just like ripped my headphones off my head, but I didn't punch myself in the head. Oh, it looked like it was your very arm, awkward, like, though. Like ricocheted back. It did. It kind of ricocheted. Yeah, you're right. Okay. <laughs> so, anyway, come like... to Oregon. That's what you already said this morning that you were going to do. Yes, I'm coming to Oregon in the fall, and it's going to be wonderful, and I may not come back to New York. It's fine. As excited as you are, I have some really, really fucking horrible news. What? The podcast is over. Forever? No. (laughs) (laughs) But this one is. Oh, Oh, well, thank God. Now that doesn't seem so bad comparatively to what I originally well, thought. We'll oh, talk. We'll thank- talk. Uh, uh. Pulling the plug. I got other okay. stuff to do. All right. Well, before uh, Avalon breaks up with me, yes. uh, where can you guys listen to this podcast? Um, you can listen to this pod. I mean, I assume that if you're getting this information, you're already listening to it. So if you don't know where to listen to it, I feel kind of confused for you. Just keep doing what you're already doing. But if you need some more options, your options don't look so sad. <laughs> if you need some more options, you can try iTunes if you're not already there. If you don't, if you like Android, you can try Google Play. If you are so cool and hip, you can try Stitcher. And also there's Podbean. There is Podbean. It exists. Isn't um, like, but isn't like a bean already a pod? Is Podbean redundant? It, it might be, but pod for podcast, bean for bean pods. I don't know. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I think. Right. <laughs> I wasn't a 
part of their marketing team, Avalon. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, it would make sense. Pod beam. Like you're beaming the podcasts into I'll tell the internet. Them. I'll yeah. let them know. I've just got some notes. Okay. But I do appreciate that they host us. So I should. If you, if you, if you have any other suggestions for our host Podbean or for us, please come and follow us at Femsplained Podcast on Instagram, at Femsplained Cast on Twitter, Femsplained Podcast on Facebook, and our very famous blog FemsplainedPodcast.wordpress.com. Ooh, you said there that so were much no, better than me. There were no boob jokes in there at all. Yeah, you're better at those. I'm. I think I'm good at the where to listens, and I think you're good at the social media ones because I get tongue tied. We all have our independent skills. <laughs> we do. We do. Um, well, shit. That's a lot of places to talk to us. Don't forget. Um, it's always incredibly helpful, not just for us, but any podcast that you value even a tiny bit, to uh, rate them. With five stars helps with that whole algorithm thing. The thing about podcasts is, Diana. <laughs> What's the thing about podcasts? Everybody's fucking got one. And I don't mean everybody in terms of the little people like us. I mean that every week I'm being inundated with another famous person or comedian coming up with their third podcast. And they're, yeah. they're going to drown all of us little people that are, you know, potentially better. Maybe not better in terms of production, but better in terms of everything else. And I feel like we should keep, <laughs> I feel like yeah. we should keep podcasting as like a very free market, like indie zine area for people to communicate and connect. And I don't want to just hear the same stupid comedians talking about things week after week. Exactly. I, I really feel that way as well. Like kind of like, let us have something. Yeah. Like clearly this podcast world is not where the vast majority of Arnie Niekamp's money is coming from <laughs> like and we 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 just want to make some content too yeah know? we're not trying to make money we're just having fun and creating yeah. art and I it's not like we're in the process of being phased out I shouldn't say it that way but what I do want to say is just that little bit of effort to like rate us or write a review or share or whatever just helps us like fight the man because you don't want overly commercialized, pre-digested podcasts seeping into your brain within the next five years because Warner Brothers, Harvey Weinstein now produces podcasts, right? Yeah. Stay woke, rate, femsplain podcast five stars. Yeah, exactly. Um, and if you want to engage with us in an email format, our email address is femsplainedpodcast at gmail.com. We have, have we ever gotten an email? No, uh, we get lots of ads for, for goods and services. Okay. All right. So you could be, most importantly, like even if you're not criticizing us or you're not saying anything particularly interesting or on topic, wouldn't you like to be our first ever email? <laughs> Wouldn't you just die to be the first email ever to the Femsplain podcast? Even if you email and say, like, Saga sounds cool, maybe I'll pick it up one day. I peace. Like that would be that would be a cool email to send. What's gonna be really exciting about it is so it's gonna make my smartwatch buzz and I'm gonna be doing some brain surgery. Right. And I'm oh going to look God. at my watch and I'm going to be like, what? And like throw my scalpels up into the air 
and rip off my mask and all my sterile clothes uh-huh. and just run out of the operating room. Okay, and but it's then, gonna be all on you. Then you're gonna run. You're gonna get in your fancy car, and then you're gonna start careening and driving your fancy car around cliffs in the rain. Meanwhile, you're gonna be reading your email on your watch, and then all of a sudden, oh no! And then you're gonna be Doctor Strange. I was just gonna say we just made me Doctor Strange. (laughs) So please, please please write an email just so that Diana can become Doctor Strange. Please help me. This is my only ticket into the Marvel franchise. It's your only hope, and I'll piggyback that. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if I need to be a sidekick or if I need to become your nemesis or like what it needs to be, but I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback it's, that shit all the way. It's complicated love interest or nothing, Avalon. I kind of want to. <laughs> Marvel is really bad though at treating love interest characters like very flatly. Like I don't oh, want to be no. like your Pepper Potts. Really, Pops. Rosario Dawson? Yeah. Oh shit! I wasn't even thinking about Netflix. I was just thinking about the cinematic universe but yeah yeah Yeah. i don't i don't i'm afraid of that if i'm your love interest i absolutely have to become your nemesis yeah um but if uh, i'm your sidekick we can be friends for my fanfic fans out there we can we can do a enemies to lovers slow burn and that'll that'll be enemies to lovers or lovers to enemies i think enemies to lovers that's better yeah you're right Mm -hmm. yeah i need you know you know, give me some payoff in the end. Because then we'll have a will they, won't they. But if we start yeah. out as lovers and then go to enemies, you know, people might be engaged and sad, but they, we won't have any sexual tension. Until this, the third season when there. I become the <laughs> anti-hero because there's an even bigger bad guy. And then it's like, will they, won't they get back together? Because we have to work together to fight our common enemy. God, this is so good. Don't you want to send us an email to make this happen? Yeah, it takes more energy than I have. I only I can only create the sparks and then let them fly into the universe. I can't actually fully flesh out any creative ideas. I am too depressed. <laughs> all right, Avalon. I got, um, all right, I gotta go. You gotta go and I do gotta, what? What do you gotta well, do? I gotta go do some very serious brain surgery on Thor. Thor. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, well, he's got that eye patch now. I gotta... I gotta help him out with that. Do you know what a brain surgeon does? (laughs) (laughs) I gotta... I gotta be the one that connects the nerve endings from the eye back to the the optic nerve in the brain. In the brain. See? Got it. Rods and cones all the way. Well, um, I actually have to go find a qualified brain surgeon who can keep me alive and sentient while removing my head and replacing it with a giant flat screen tv good very good good so if you know anybody i know you're pretty booked up but thor's eye but if you know anybody (laughs) i'll i'll put i'll i'll uh collect some cards 